So the big news over the weekend in sports was Michigan flying to Penn State and then the Big Ten commissioner suspending Jim Harbaugh just for the games. He can practice during the week and Michigan unhinged and crying and We're going to leave the Big Ten. Where are you going to go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Matt Finkus has uh, been trending nationally for about a week or so, and he joins us now. What's up, buddy? Hello, Matt. What's happening, guys? How are you guys doing? What's going on? Hey, so tell everybody, how many interviews have you been doing? Like, take us through the last week of how many different <laughs> places. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's just, um, you know, one of those things that uh, – you know, evidently, uh, my my uh, insight into this has become desired. I guess in demand. But, yeah, but I mean, I think it's a it's. I mean, you know, you can you can look at it, and, and I think there's still part of it that's true. That a lot of people don't exactly know what's going on because there's not been a ton of information released. But I mean, there's so much that you can just read in between the lines if you've got half a brain in your head and, and look at what's been going on and look at what's been out there and look at the, the video evidence and kind of hear what's been been put out by the Big Ten and now with those letters and stuff coming out of the things that of the you know the information that they actually right. have and it's it's you know this is obviously not a good thing for for Michigan anyway. This uh, new commissioner Tony Petiti comes from Major League Baseball. He's got to be going. What? It's his first year as commissioner. What did yeah. I sign up for? Wow. What <laughs> yeah, a test. I mean, he, was, he was brought in basically you know, to negotiate TV rights. I mean, that's his expertise. Yeah. And, you know, then you, you drop this in his lap, and, uh, and I'm sure he's scrambling. But, you know, I mean, I think that he's done a pretty decent job. I don't think he's done a great job. I think that, you know, when you've got something like this, and I think that you can put a lot of blame on, you know, the Big Ten and the NCAA, I mean, how do you not just do an all-hands-on-deck, like, we've got to get to the bottom of this, and not like in a year from now, but now. And, you know, get people in place, get investigators there, doing interviews, gathering information. And, you know, they've done some of that, but to the extent that it's probably been warranted, they have not. Um, and I think that's where you're kind of, you know, you've got so much uh, disinformation out there and so many, you know, people like just flat out making stuff up and, you know, I mean, some of it's coming from within their university. Yeah, you know, trying to, and that's the crazy part of it. You know, I think the most telling part of this whole thing is when you have Michigan's reply to all the charges and all the things that have come up. Not once in ten pages did they say, "Look, we didn't do this." They said, "We need due process. We need this. We need that." Like this is a due process isn't around to let you keep cheating. While, while everyone figures it out. I mean, due process is, is there, you know, to, to try to make sure that you're getting a fair shake. And I think that they've been getting more than a fair shake from the information that's been coming out. And I think that there's going to be more, um, unfortunately, for college football. I think this is, this has gone a little bit deeper than, than people have even understood to this point. And even if it's just this, I think there's going to be more that comes from and From a legal standpoint, due process, is, is this in a court of law we're talking about here? That's only no, that's can, only mandatory in a court of law. This is not a court of law. No, this is the NCAA and the Big Ten. And right. I think if we've seen anything from the years of the NCAA, they don't care about anything. They're just gonna they're gonna levy punishment when they want to, how they want to, and it just is what it is. I mean, we've seen so many just obscure. I mean, you get people that just get it seems like the hammer dropped on them for nothing, and other people that you know just get glossed over. So. You know, I, I think it's going to be interesting that they've tried to file this temporary restraining order. I've talked to a couple, you know, buddies who are in the legal field, and 
don't really think that this has a whole lot of legs to stand on, you know, beside the fact that the first judge they tried to take it to was a professor at Michigan, acting professor, like currently employed at, yeah. <laughs> at the law school. Which way is he going to um, go on this? <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that one's going to How? Down, let me ask you this, as a player, how important is it if Harbaugh is or is not on the sideline for the Ohio State game? Because it's... They're both going to be undefeated. That's going to be so huge. Is that indeed? I mean, because I would say just let them sit the three and then come back for a playoff. But does that, I mean, we saw at Penn State, Sharon Moore on the sideline. They, they pulled that off. I mean, Ohio State's going to be a bigger game than that. But how important is it whether or not he is on the sideline? I think it just depends on, you know, how much interaction he has during the game and we you know unless you're like in that locker room or in that sideline you don't know how much you know i mean how much does jim harbaugh have his hands in what's being called you know how much does he say like hey i want to take a shot here uh you know hey let's i want to bring pressure here you know let's get back on this one or it's fourth and two you know obviously those kind of things like well let's go fake punt fake field goal you know let's quick kick or, or onside kick this or something you know, so those kind of decisions, you don't know how much that's really going to affect the team. You know, I, I think that I was, was really, you know, shocked by, you know, I mean, even Urban and, and all these guys, like, oh, my God, Michigan, you know, with this Penn State game, they're an angry, pissed-off team. They're just going to steamroll Penn State. And I don't think you saw that. I think you saw just, you know, a pretty evenly matched game. Penn State probably has the worst, again, quarterback and offensive system that we've seen yes. out of a quality top-10 team. I mean, you know, you put a capable quarterback, even an average quarterback, on Penn State's team, and, you know, they, they got a really good shot of winning that game. Yeah, Matt. Um, oh, go ahead. No, so I, I, I think, you know, it doesn't, I don't know how much it's going to affect them in game, but we'll, we'll see as, it, as time goes on. Matt Ficus joins us. And Matt, I, I, I can be reasonable here. I think that, you know, suspending them the Friday when they're in the flight by the Big Ten, a little suspect, but. So I, but this is just my opinion here. I I think this is just the appetizer. But why would the Big Ten kind of do this, and then you know the NCAA or the Big Ten is going to come out and then hammer them again? I wonder what the reasoning is for just giving okay three games you can't coach in game because I don't know if you believe this or not because I do. I think more is coming after this. It's almost like the appetizer than the main course is coming. Yeah, I think so too, and I think that's that is one of the confusing parts. Um, you know, did it play a part that they wanted to do this on a Friday afternoon? So maybe that, you know, they were going to, Michigan would have trouble getting a judge to do, you know, to even hear a temporary restraining order hearing because it was a federal holiday and Correct. all these things came into play. I mean, did, did they calculate that out that much? Um, who knows? I mean, a lot of times, you know, I'm a big fan of Occam's razor. Uh, you know, I mean, the simplest thing is probably the, the most likely. I mean, <laughs> the Big Ten doesn't exactly have its act together all the way. It, it probably took them, all, you know, all this time to figure out how we're going to release this. I mean, write the letter, do all these things, and, you know, have our press release. I mean, y- you know, the inner workings of a system like that, you know, 14 people have to approve that letter that goes out before it goes out. So, I mean, I, I would think that it wasn't kind of calculated. I just think that's kind of the, the pace that it works, but I do agree with you, Torg. I think more is coming. I think that, um, you know, there's still, I mean, there's still a lot of investigations happening at Michigan. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, you got a former staff member who was soliciting a 13-year-old 
You've got the former offensive coordinator being invested by the FBI for computer crimes. <laughs> I mean, no one still talked to Connor Stallions. No one still knows what you know he was doing on the Central Michigan side. Central Michigan's got a whole ball of wax that they're going to have to deal with. Yep. Yeah, and I, yeah, I can yeah. Just, I'll give a little no insight. Forged their names. Uh, yeah. So true. No forged the name on the pass list. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty serious thing. And I'll say yeah. this to everybody out there: if they go back to Tattoo Gate, and I know this for a fact, so. After all the players did their suspension, Tress is gone and Luke Fickle's coaching. ESPN sent someone out here to interview former players halfway through that season. So once it was gone and you thought it was over, ESPN was still investigating, trying to dig anything separate from the tattoo stuff. So if you think it's over for Michigan once this over, they're no, still no, they're no. still gonna the yes, press is still gonna try to find more because that's just what they do. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't think that they've even seen the. I mean, we all remember, you know, the even the Zach Smith scandal, and you know, reporters camped outside the Woody Hayes and people uh, camped outside people's homes. I don't think we've seen that level of anything. That's that has been kind of the one of the surprising things in this. Like the media hasn't really dug in on this. They've not. I mean, I'm so shocked that there's not a reporter that's just trying to find Connor Stallions. Yeah, I mean, and, and sitting outside his house, like no one's talked to this guy, the, the the key pivotal person, no one has spoken to in two and a half weeks. Not the Big Ten, not the NCAA, not not a reporter. No one's no one has even said like he's in, he's still living in Ann Arbor. He's in a camps. he's in a cabin outside of Traverse City somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, yeah, I mean, is, is the vacuum business still going? <laughs> yeah, is the vacuum business with him? Are you still waiting for your vacuum? <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, I thought, and I've judged, you know, Marvin Harrison had earlier in the season some games where he wasn't there, but I judge, I judge Heisman guys as what they do in big games. And Marvin Harrison has been showing up in big games towards the end here, but then you had Bo Nick show up and have a hell of a game. If you're kind of looking at the Heisman, is Marvin Harrison in the top three? He's got to be in the conversation. I think he's the best player in the country. I think if you look at skill set, what he does, when he does it, I mean, he's had a couple drops this year. He's, you know, had to, to deal with some coverage, especially with a Mecca out, um, you know, that, that they were able to focus a little bit more on him and kind of take him away from time to time. But I agree with you, Torg. In, in big games, I mean, you go back to Penn State game. Big game, need a big play. You know, he's scoring a touchdown. I mean, opening up this game uh, this past week, you know, he just, he was unstoppable here in the first half. I mean, just big play after big play. I mean, and, and the crazy catches that he makes. I mean, you know, that, that – second touchdown catch where like I'm watching it right like, how, how did he get a foot down how, how did that happen yeah. and then you, you see the replay and I mean so what he's able to do from that standpoint and just you know perfect his craft do it really well do it so consistently I mean there's not been a, a game where he's been off I mean let's be honest like yeah. there's not been a game where he's had like you know two catches for 42 yards. I and mean, it's, even when he had a limited number of catches, I think, in, in uh, the Penn State game, they were for touchdowns. You know I mean? So they're pivotal, crucial catches and, and, and big plays. So. And even, even more – I think he's the guy. Even more impressive, every opponent knows that, and yet you, we see it week in and week out with him. Yeah, it's, he's definitely uh, in the conversation, top three. Yeah, I mean, I think he's He's the best be, player. He's the best player. He really Unfortunately, is. Unfortunately, the Heisman has become a quarterback award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like um, the MVP I mean, in football, yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. like he's Orlando Pace in 96. I mean, Orlando was by far the best player in the country and, you know, finished second. I mean, just because he wasn't a quarterback. I mean, but he was the most dominant 
player. I mean, obviously now we're going back a long time because I'm old. But I mean, he was the most dominant player in college football. I mean, he'd block two guys at the same time and then play goal line defense. It was pretty incredible, but, you know, it is what it is. But I think Marvin's got a good chance. I think that they've done a great job. I think Jerry Emig, you know, knows how to do this. I think they're going to get a campaign rolling for him uh, here down the stretch these last couple games. And then when you look at it too, Matt, too, and the last one here is is Henderson is now becoming the guy – Everybody thought he could. Injuries kind of, you know, got in the way there. But he looks like a dominating, dominating running back. Kyle McCord had the the best first half of his of yeah, his he career. Did. He did. I mean, that's scary for other teams that everybody's peaking at the right time. Because I wasn't sure about Henderson, but boy, he looks as good as advertised now. He looks like he did two years ago. Absolutely, I think that's been a huge factor for this team. I think that the growth of the offensive line has been a huge factor for this team. You know, I mean, you go to those first three games and. I don't care who the running back was. They just weren't getting pushed. They weren't opening holes. They weren't blocking the right guy. You had four guys going one way and one guy going the other on some plays if you watch the film. Um, so, I mean, the growth of the offensive line has been huge. Travion Henderson just adding that, you know, able to break at any time from anywhere is huge for him. I think that, that again, you know, this as college football has evolved, like the hard part has been how do you prepare your team to be at the maximum at the end of the year? And I think – you know, if you look at Ryan Day's teams kind of traditionally, you know, even given the, the couple losses there the last two years, you still have to say, like, he, his teams are rolling at the, end of the, at the end of the year, where some other teams, you know, lose a little bit and, and, you know, are kind of getting worn down and beaten down. The only concern I have, obviously, I think, is, you know, we've got to get some of these defensive starters back in the defensive backfield. But offensively, it looks like we're really clicking right now. All right, man. All right, well, hopefully buddy. we can see you at Beat Michigan, man. Have a good travel. Right, I'll see you guys soon. See ya. All right, take care.